ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, listen, I think today is a it's a historical day for the PGA Tour and the game of golf. Uh, and it's a historical day for the PIF and the DP World Tour. It certainly is. I guess the kind of history it represents depends on your worldview. That was Jay Monaghan, the head of the US PGA Tour, announcing an end to golf's civil war as they merge with the Saudi-backed Live Golf League. If you're saying, sorry, what? You're not alone. The PGA has gone from decrying the ethics of the Saudis to espousing their virtues. How must golfers like Rory McIlroy be feeling, turning down hundreds of millions of dollars only to be double-crossed? What about Craig Norman, who wins the battle but seems to have been airbrushed from Liv's victory celebrations? And what might golf look like going forward? There's a bit to unpack. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Evan Priest is a writer for Golf Digest. He covers the US PGA Tour and all things golf, really. Evan, this news dropped like a bomb in the world of sport. I think we both spent a lot of time on the phone today talking to people in golf. We're going to break it down as best we can with what we know so far. A merger between the PGA Tour, Live Golf and the European Tour. Why was this seen as deeply hypocritical from Jay Monaghan and the PGA Tour? Over the past 12, let's even say 18 months, the narrative on one side from the PGA Tour and, and its sort of allies and businesses and whatnot has been that the Saudi Arabian money is, is sports washing and, and the, the players that were going across to the Live Golf Tour were essentially cashing in their legacy to get a paycheck and, and a bit of a massive payday. I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? But in the most stunning about face I've seen in professional sport, really, they've turned around and, and partnered with the public investment fund, which is, which is the sovereign wealth investment arm of Saudi Arabia's government, to create this sort of new product that we know nothing about. You could have sworn that you woke up and it was April Fool's Day. It was that stunning of a backflip. You know who said golf was a boring sport? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly felt like this sort of civil war. We're in for a war of attrition. So why did this happen now? Because as I say, it seems fast. There's, there's a lot of litigation happening in the States at the moment. Live Golf filed an antitrust sort of anti-competitive lawsuit against the PGA Tour and it started to get really ugly and, and people were getting subpoenaed that they you know, weren't expecting to get subpoenaed. And I think both parties sat down and just said, we really don't want this to play out anymore in court. And if we get together, not only can we avoid that, we can also potentially have some of those live golf and those public investment fund riches pour into the more traditional tours within the game, being the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. So in their minds, if you put aside the absolute backflip, this is a bit of a win-win for them. Uh, and together, we're going to move forward and we're going to take efforts to grow and expand this great game and to take it to new heights. We've recognised that together we can have a far greater impact on this game than we can working apart. It's an absolute bombshell. It was fascinating to see Monaghan and the Saudi public investment fund boss sitting shoulder to shoulder, smiling, talking about working together. The Saudis confirming they'll invest billions. Is it fair to say that 
Saudi Arabia basically now owns golf? I wouldn't say owns golf. I would say that now Saudi Arabia is a major, if not primary, investor in the game of golf. The the PGA Tour put out a media release this morning, which sort of clearly mapped out that they're still going to have the administrative reins on the game. They're going to run the rules, the competition, what happens inside the ropes. They'll, I'm going to guess that they'll control the media assets and whatnot, but they will be taking a capital investment from the public investment fund. We are investing in the game that everybody loves. The control is not there. It's the governance that we would like to have. It's going to be, you know, a vote system and a board, and the majority and the board will be with the BGA. They're now one of the chief backers, if not the major backer. And within that release, they also said they have the first dibs. In terms of investing within this new product, they have the first right of refusal so they can block other investments into the game. It's both surprising and not surprising, but you just you didn't think it was going to come to this so quickly. Absolutely wild. I wonder how the players on both sides are feeling. You know, on the PGA Tour side of things, you've got athletes who have turned down hundreds of millions of dollars in order to stay loyal. You've got others who have jumped ship and made their money. You've no doubt spoken to players on both sides of the fence. How are they feeling today? It's shocked. Absolutely shocked. Some of them more upset than others. Some of them are a little more pragmatic. I've spoken to several players, several agents, a few caddies. Those on the PGA Tour side, and, and they asked not to be named, but they were just reeling from the news. Yeah, I think just complete surprise. You know, we had heard really no rumblings of this. You know, I have friends who were on the pack and on the policy board. Nobody mentioned one word about it. So it must have been a you know, very small network of uh, executives that were meeting with uh, PIF and the DP World Tour. Not only did they not know what was happening, particularly those players who were not at the Canadian Open, which is happening this week, and were able to sit down with Jay Monaghan and have a meeting and basically air their grievance. The players that you speak of that were sort of in line or offered contracts from Live Golf and turned them down thinking that they were doing the right thing, not only by their careers, but by also by the, the major tours of the game of golf, would have a very justifiable right to feel ripped off. Patrick, I, it kind of reminds me of, I was too young for this, but being a rugby league tragic, I, I know well, well, I'm well versed in the Super League Wars and several people in Australian sports media have brought that up to me that this is identical. You know, the players broke away who were, who, you know, I'm not going to say brave, but, but had the balls to break away from the rugby league competition at the time and go to the Super League, quadruple their salaries, were eventually rewarded in the end because the unified competition got off the ground and everyone got paid more anyway. So it's just an absolute shell-shocking day for the game of golf in a really fascinating way. What about the likes of Rory McIlroy? As I say, turns down hundreds of millions of dollars. He, in particular, became the face of the anti-live campaign. Look, my opinion is they shouldn't be here. They've been paid a lot of money to go play on a different tour that is trying to buy the professional game in golf and they're taking spots away from players that really need spots. And had to bear all the pressure and scrutiny that came with that. He must be livid today. It's really interesting. I've spoken to a few agents and among those, they they have chatted to Rory McIlroy's agent and neither Rory's agent nor Rory knew about this. I don't think really anyone knew about this until the very last minute. He has a right to feel betrayed or sort of ripped off or kept in the dark, but I don't think in any paradigm that Rory McIlroy ever takes that deal. It just, the, 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 at the time, the source of the money, you know, Saudi Arabia's human rights record, uh, he was always the sort of guy that follows the traditional routes of the game. Just, just being exposed to criticism and being exposed to hypocrisy is probably what he would be most furious about. The other central figure to this story has been Greg Norman, and I'm wondering how... 
you think he might be handling this story? On one hand, he achieved something that he has allegedly chased for 30 years, essentially a world golf tour. On the other hand, he was kind of airbrushed from the victory parade. We heard Yassir Al-Rumian making it clear that Norman didn't even know a truce had been secured. How do you think that Norman will view this news and what role might he have going forward? That's the kind of $64,000 question at the moment. What role is Greg Norman going to have going forward? He was kind of the battering ram and the disruptor that got this league off the ground. And I would imagine he'd be absolutely devastated. You know, it's, it's one thing for the players not to know about this, particularly those players close to the flame like Rory McIlroy. But for the person sort of behind the scenes in, in the inner workings of Live Golf to not know this and to not be told until basically the morning of this telly press conference is just... It's stunning. I, I made the call just before this, and of course, he's um, a, a partner with us. All the stakeholders that we have with us, they had the call just right before this interview. For Greg Norman, you know, who's really put his reputation on the line, some people agree with him, some people don't. But the fact of the matter is his reputation has changed from the, the great white shark who won British Opens and was the Pied Piper of not only Australian golf, but really American golf for a very long time. For him to not be sort of included in in these discussions is, I would imagine he, he'd be uh, heartbroken. He was also not mentioned in the official press release talking about this merger. Do you get the sense that he has essentially done the bulk of the heavy lifting for Liv, uh, only to be discarded by the PIF? He's done the bulk of the heavy lifting. It's yet to be seen whether he has been discarded. He hasn't been mentioned, and and that's obviously the silence is deafening in terms of him not being mentioned, but we also can't jump to any conclusions just yet because Live Golf could very well come out within the next few days or few weeks and, and say that Greg Norman is going to be on the board of this new entity that they've created, but the, the, the chairman of this new entity is Yassir Al-Ramayan, who's the chairman of the Public Investment Fund. Uh, the board will be, the majority will be from the PGA Tour. Uh, You'll be chairman. I'll, I'll be chairman. Jay will be the CEO of the new company. The idea is to keep everything independent, but strategically, they're all aligned. There's no, been no mention of Greg within that structure yet, but they very well may add him as they fill out that board of directors. So a little early to, to say that Greg Norman has been discarded, but at the same time, it doesn't look very good at all. From a prospect of the way golf is going to be run week to week, what do you see the competitions looking like? I guess that's what every fan wants to know, isn't it? Uh, you know, what is it going to look like? Is there going to be a concurrent European tour and PGA tour and Live Golf? Is Live Golf going to kind of absorb the European tour? Because in the early days of Live Golf, they did make a bid to try and sort of take over the European tour. So so that remains to be seen. That was not disclosed in the media release. And among the players and agents I've spoken to, they have no idea. So, some players weren't even willing to comment on it because they just don't know what it's going to look like yet. For, for me, myself, analysing the media release and reading in between the lines... I think Live Golf and the DP World Tour are going to partner together and create some sort of teams format. We may see that almost mirror cricket in the sense that you have your Test cricket and your T20 leagues, and then you have the IPL in India being this compartmentalised window of cricket where all the best players in the world can go to India and play on the IPL and, and earn the money that they really are worth as world-class athletes. Or the European Tour may sort of absorb live golf and they might have you know a, a stroke play event here and then a teams event there and they'll go back to stroke play and 
any player who wants to come back to the PGA Tour from Leave Golf, uh, it, it might be as simple as them paying a fine and coming back and, and playing on the PGA Tour again. That remains to be seen, that, and that's going to be so fascinating to watch play out. Finally, this is a story that has divided opinion within the golfing world. What do you think the overall reaction is of fans today? Oh, well, <laughs> stunned, confused, just absolutely baffled by this this backflip. The, the narrative has been so strong and it's been perpetuated by so many different organisations and identities. And for fans to see the, the, the PGA Tour that was so vehemently against Live Golf and Saudi Arabian investment in sports and all that sort of stuff. Now, I know legacy and purpose sound like talking points that don't mean much. But when I talk of those concepts, it isn't about some sort of intangible moral high ground. It is our track record as an organization and as a sport. To see them turn around, I I think fans will just be shell-shocked. Evan Priest, it's been an incredible day for sport and golf. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Pat. Headlines. The NRL has sidelined Eels playmaker Dylan Brown under the no-fault stand-down condition. Brown is facing five counts of sexually touching another person without consent. Under the policy, a player can be stood down automatically if the offence carries a jail term of 11 years or more. This charge has a maximum five-year term, but the NRL has elected to use its discretionary powers. And Postacoglu has been rubber-stamped as Tottenham boss. How cool is it to see Pep Guardiola speaking about the Australians' appointment ahead of Man City's Champions League final? Another exceptional manager is coming. I was lucky to to meet him in uh, in Tokyo years ago when he was manager from Yokohama and uh, was an interesting chat. And I have a very good relation with owner for Celtic Glasgow. He made an incredible job and he will do an incredible job. And I suppose hopefully we can score one goal away. A reminder, if you want to hear our breakdown on Postacoglu's appointment, we've dropped a link in the show notes. And Scott Boland will take the place of the injured Josh Hazelwood for the World Test Championship clash between Australia and India at the Oval in London. Dispatchers suggest the pitch could be a green seamer as both sides prepare to use Duke's balls under overcast skies. A recent county clash at the venue lasted just seven sessions, so maybe we're in for an exhibition in fast and seam bowling. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to CBS, CNBC, The Golf Channel and Sky Sports for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.